Amen. Amen. Um, I'm excited to preach God's Word one more time with you. And I apologize, I know it's hot. And if I hear any squealing, I'm just going to assume that the Spirit is moving and not that a cicada has landed on you. But um, it really is an awesome privilege to get to do this. And I want you to hear um, two things from me. Um, I hope you know this. We love you. And I also want to say thank you. Thank you um, for letting us be a part of this church family. And uh, you got to understand, like, it, I, I think you know this. What an awesome privilege it is to be a part of the family of God, right? Like, none of us deserve that, that God would uh, adopt us into his family through Jesus, that we get to be a part of, uh, to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, what a sweet thing that is, that, that none of us really deserve that. But then to get the opportunity to love and to be loved by you here uh, has just been an incredible privilege. And uh, it has been one of the greatest joys of my life to be your pastor. And I know that I speak for Carissa and for Jolie and Judah and JC and Javen when I say that we have been so uh, blessed by you. Uh, so thank you for loving our family. Thank you for um, extending your generosity and breaking bread with us and, and uh, building memories and uh, loving on our family. That has uh, meant so much to us. And uh, we have come to so love this place. We love Fairfax. And, and I got to tell you, it's certainly not because of the traffic, um, but it is because of you. And I just praise God for the opportunity that we've had to um, be friends, be brothers and sisters, and enjoy this season. I also praise God for uh, the incredible privilege it's been to, uh, to see some incredible God at work stories over the last five years, and, and we've gotten the privilege to, to be a part of some special moments in your lives, and I was kind of thinking about uh, how many uh, weddings, I think I've, I think it's at least like 10 weddings I've gotten to be a part of here, and I have lost track of how many babies have been born uh, while we've been here, and, and that's been super fun, the, uh, the opportunity for us to get to go to the hospital and hold your little ones, and, and then to see you dedicate those little ones to the Lord, and seeing a lot of uh, new believers, and seeing people getting baptized, and seeing uh, man, seeing so many of you grow to be more like Jesus and respond to the word of God as we've been preaching and, and, and counseling and, and seeing you living out your faith in the workplace and hearing those stories and, and, and uh, serving in the community and how many uh, go beyond projects we've gotten a chance to do side by side together and uh, going, living on mission and taking the gospel to the nations and getting on missions trips to Kuala Lumpur and, and, and seeing what God is doing around the world and seeing our small groups multiplying here and, and, and your generosity and giving and your courage and trusting the Lord through all sorts of transitions, your, your willingness to just live sent and then, then to be kingdom-minded and, and, and keep sending others. And so grateful for that. And we, man, we love this church. These have been some of the best years of our lives. Sorry. We love you. It's 
been a joy to pour out our lives for the advancement of God's glory and his kingdom here. So thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving Christ. Thank you for living sin. I really wrestled with this over the last, knowing we'd have a few more weeks together. I was like, how do, how do, we, how do we end? How do we, how do we finish well? And it became so clear that we needed to just fix all of our attention on who God is and to see his glory. And so what I want to do, if you got your Bibles, why don't you join me in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 3 and, and really the last uh, two verses in this chapter. And Paul's praying and, and he gets to a doxology. And this text is actually the first that I preached as your pastor five years ago. I thought how fitting it would be to kind of end. In fact, I, I was thinking about that sermon there. Actually, I, I remember using an illustration that day that almost went horribly wrong. And um, I'm so glad that most of you were not here for that. Uh, but I was actually trying to explain in verse 19 there in chapter 3, you see like that love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. I was trying to like illustrate that. And so I decided I was going to throw a football over everybody's head and 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 honestly I, I i not that i that was a really great illustration i'm sure that that really helped anybody understand that but you know it's like like throwing a football like it, it's over like god's love is beyond all of us right and so i i thought i threw a pretty good pass uh except um it, as it went up it bounced at the very top at lanier middle school and it started flipping back towards the crowd and it was just one of those like no you know like those like time just kind of like froze in that moment because it was headed straight for the head of one of the women who was sitting in the back and there's this moment like I'm like watching this happen and I'm thinking like in my head I'm like this is it I'm gonna drill this lady in the head and I'm gonna get fired on my first day so wow do you see that I'm like ducking these things as I'm going is it on my shoulder all right whatever it's not gonna bite me right we'll get one of you to eat it afterwards I didn't get fired. Thank the Lord it missed her. And uh, you guys let me keep getting up here and, and preaching God's word. But this this text here in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, this really set the tone. And, and this was the goal, okay? It has always been about the glory of God. It has always been about his glory. What a, what a fitting way to end then, just to try to encourage you to keep fixing your attention on the power and the greatness and the glory of God. So, so as we're reading here, Ephesians chapter 3, Paul has just, just prayed that God would work in them so that they would know how much he loves them. And now he turns to doxology and prays. Why don't you follow along with me as I read verse 20, verse 21. He says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly and all we ask or think, I love that, according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love this prayer. I, I, I trust that you are praying for the Lord to continue to do a good work here at Fairfax Bible Church. I just want you to know, I hope you know this, Carissa and I are going to continue to pray 
uh, along with you. But from this text, I want to give you uh, two uh, reminders, two encouraging reminders as you pray and as you trust the Lord. Uh, th th this is so cool. Just think about this. Know that when you're praying, listen, you are asking the God who is able. God is able. Amen? Do you believe that when you pray? Do you believe that when you are praying, you, you, God is able to answer these things? He is listening. He understands. He hears those things. And He is able to move. Do you pray like that? The, see, the reason that we have confidence, the reason that, that, that we can pray with, with confident trust in the Lord in this season, I know it's going to be hard, but it's because He is able. He is all-powerful, and He is completely sovereign. There is no one like our God. There's no one like God. In fact, as I was thinking about this passage and the fact, this awesome truth that God is able, it, it reminded me of some of the times in the Old Testament. And, and one in particular, in, in the book of Judges, where God, He just finally got so fed up with His people uh, uh, praying to and, and trusting in other gods and other idols instead of Him, that He finally said this, Judges chapter 10, He, he said, you know what? Go and cry out to the gods whom you have chosen. Let them save you in your time of distress. Like, see how that goes for you. Like, the, 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 I, I had just a couple weeks ago, or, or last week actually, last weekend, I, I went to the Museum of the Bible. And I, I got to go through the, uh, the archaeology uh, section, and, and I was seeing all of these uh, statues, these little uh, uh, idols that had been carved out of clay and out of out of rock that they had found in all these archaeological digs, and I'm I'm looking at these things. I'm thinking maybe God is looking at some of these things, and He's like, "You guys got to be kidding me! I am literally the only one who can save you, and you want to trust in this stupid little thing?" See, the problem is those gods could do nothing. They they couldn't do anything. They weren't real effective. Psalm 115 said this. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. Like, you made them. Okay, that should have tipped you off. They have mouths, but do not speak. They have eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. They have noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel. They have feet, but they do not walk. They don't make a sound in their throat. Like, those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. I, I know we got like kids here, so I'm not supposed to use this word. But whenever I, when, when I read this, the, the thing that stands out to me that's so clear is that sin is stupid, isn't it? And it makes us stupid. Like, what in the world would make you think that, that you could draw your confidence from this little figurine that you've made out of out of wood out of out of clay or out of out of metal and you stick it on a shelf as if this is something that that you could trust in and i'm walking around in the museum of the bible last week looking at these things like this is this is like the dumbest thing i've ever seen right and, and i know that in the 21st century it's easy for us to to, to mock their worldview but but just because we don't line up and bow down to little idols on a shelf doesn't mean that we don't struggle with idolatry What, what, what we take from this, this truth, this, this theological uh, rock that we stand on, that God is able, is that nothing else has the ability to save or to satisfy you. Nothing. Not a fat bank account. Not, not, the, not, the, not the respect of your colleagues or your supervisors. Not the, the likes or the comments or the approval of your friends on social media. Not, not, not being in peak health or, or hitting your personal bests at the gym. 
not the freedom to travel to all these exotic locations, not, the, uh, not, not making enough to secure your own home or, or getting your toys and getting all the gadgets that you want, not, not finding that relationship that you've been dreaming of. A lot of these things could be good, but none of them, you can't trust in any of them because, you see it? To Him be glory. That has always been, Lord willing, by His grace, that will continue to be the driving motivation for everything that we do here at Fairfax Bible Church. That God is worthy of all the glory. He deserves all the praise. And I love that he says, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Like He is building His church and as we exalt and lift high the name of Jesus as our Savior and as our King, He will get the glory. God is doing that in his church. I believe that he's been glorified here. And he's going to continue to get the glory in his church. And it has been an incredible privilege to, to serve alongside some incredible leaders. I'm grateful for Matt and for Dave and Christy and Ryan Pastor Hang Will Adrian, so so many more ministry leaders and, and small group leaders that have just been faithful to this and keep pointing people to Christ. Just thankful for the, the way that God has brought some incredible leadership here. You are in good hands. I praise God for that. But hey, listen, leaders, leaders, keep pointing this church to Jesus. Open up this book, open up the word and saturate this community in the gospel. He is building his church and he is working for his glory. He's working for his glory. And trust that he's going to get glory here. And I love this. This is kind of sweet for us tonight. Look at it, verse 21. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Come on, Lord, that's what we want. But notice this. It's throughout all generations, forever and ever. You know, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me that tonight is not goodbye. In Christ, it's just, we'll see you later. Because of Jesus, because of our love for him, we're going to continue to enjoy what Paul calls elsewhere our, our, our partnership in the gospel even over the miles. And I would love the opportunity, I know Carissa would, we'd love to see you face to face again. You've probably never had Indiana as a vacation destination. Now maybe you've got a reason to come visit the cornfields. I know we've always got a reason to come back to Fairfax and see you. But we also have this great hope. Man, what a sweet thing right here that we will be reunited one day in the kingdom of our Lord God. We're going to live with Him and we're going to praise Him together and we get to do that forever. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, 
To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. One of the things we get to do now is uh, celebrate the work that God is doing in his church, making sure that he is getting all the glory. And so I'm going to ask those of you who are getting baptized, we have quite a few. I realize it's really hot. If I called for a spontaneous baptism, this might be a revival tonight. But those of you guys who are getting baptized, why don't you come on up here? And uh, uh, Will and Dave are going to help you line up behind the baptistry we're going to get everybody set here in just a moment and uh, as I said to you before a baptism is an outward expression of an inward reality and uh, everybody who is getting baptized tonight has a story um, in some ways unique in some ways the same God has done a work in their lives and um, has brought them to the place where they realized that they were sinners and that they needed Jesus to save them from their sins and they trusted him to do that so I want you to understand the waters of, there's nothing like magical in these waters okay this doesn't save anybody but they are publicly declaring that they have trusted in Jesus to save them and they also wanted to tell all of you that they love Christ and they want to live for him all the days of their lives so if you're having trouble um, seeing, go ahead and feel free to stand up. We can uh, gather around a little bit if you need to. Like I know some of you are going to want to take pictures, but uh, we're going to get started here as we baptize uh, some of these believers in Christ tonight. Randy, you ready for this? I'm going to help you up here. All right. <laughs> 